Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. For your perfect workspace, living space or hideaway, timberliving.ie. Now, my next guest has had a fascinating trajectory. He started out as a disc jockey, then he became a huge TV star as a hypnotist, which is how a lot of you will know him. But now he's one of the biggest selling self-help authors or gurus around, promising to make people thin helping them to give up smoking, finding love, and now he says he can free people from anxiety. Paul McKenna, you're very welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much, Brendan. It's lovely to be with you. So you've had an extraordinary journey. How, how did you get into hypnosis initially? Well, like you, I was, I was a radio DJ uh, back in the 1980s, and I was working in local radio, and I had a very bad day. I'd broken up with my girlfriend. I had a row with my boss, and the people in the apartment where I was living was um, keeping me awake with noise. And I, I had to go off to interview the local hypnotherapist. And when I arrived there, he said, look, oof, looking at you, rather than me explain it, I need to do it to you. And I was sort of skeptical, so I said, sure, knock yourself out. Anyway, I felt profoundly relaxed. It was like all my burdens and worries just lifted away. I could think clearly. I felt optimistic. felt like I'd had my eyes closed just for a few minutes. It had been half an hour. And I felt fantastic. And I came out of the trance and I went, okay, could you lend me a book on this? Which he did. And so I read this and I'd be at a party and I'd say, I'm learning about hypnosis. And people would go, it won't work on me. I'd say, well, shall we find out? You know, I'd have them up dancing like a ballerina or shouting mad things out, you know, which would fall about laughing. And did, did, you, I, did you have yeah. a gift for it? Like, did you have special powers or could anyone learn this? Oh, anyone can learn it, but I think like anything, Brendan, if you're going to be really good at it, you've got to kind of almost obsess about it. You know, you've got to actually live it and breathe it and think it. And so, you know, I'm intrigued by human beings. I'm not so great with computers and technology, but give me a human being. Give me a human being with a problem. And, you know, I'm very happy. I, I get stuck in and I, I can figure out, it's like a puzzle to me, how it is that they're upsetting themselves, how it is that they want to overeat, or how it is that they make themselves anxious, or how it is that they've got no confidence and I, and I can turn that around so you know if you want to compare it to a talent like some people are just good at football I suppose I'm just very good at that okay so there's a level of insight into people in, involved as well and look yes. as you alluded to there I mean hypnosis kind of kind of can be regarded as a bit of a party trick or, or a showbiz yeah. turn and I mean you did yeah. get a good showbiz career out of it and it made you a big yeah. star but clearly you felt that it had other uses, real uses in working yeah. with people as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, early on, even though I had a show on television and I was doing big theatres, I was really much more interested in how hypnosis could be used to help people with all the sorts of problems you expect, like losing weight, quitting smoking, overcoming phobias, becoming more confident, more motivated. And so I, you know, I just thought, thought I'll write a book about this. And I wrote a book called Change Your Life in Seven Days uh, about 25 years ago. And Boom, it was a, an international bestseller. I don't know almost how it happened. And so suddenly I thought, well, maybe I have a, a predisposition to this. So I became a writer and, um, you know, and that's what I do to this day. I still write self-help books. That book yeah. was huge, obviously, and, and then yeah. the, the ones that followed. And it gave you then this kind of amazing life where you became, you know, one of those Brits who moves out to L.A. And, and, and you're yeah. unapologetic about this. You, you are very rich and had a fantastic yeah. kind of glamorous yeah. life and celebrity friends and all that. Yeah. 
Yes, I did. I had done some TV in America, but suddenly um, we we invaded, like we did musically in the 60s with the Beatles, the Rolling Stones and the Who and everybody. We invaded in terms of television. So you put on the TV, you see Simon Cowell or Gordon Ramsay or Piers Morgan or whatever. And so I moved to L.A. and uh, I, as you say, I had a fantastic kind of 10 years of living this extraordinary life amongst all of the, you know, the Hollywood A-list celebrities. I ended up treating most of them. And, and so it was very glamorous and it was of its time, but um, um, things changed. I married a British girl and we decided to move back because most of my friends are here in Europe. And so, you know, I look at it as a chapter in my life, yeah. you know, and I sort of my values changed. I mean, you know, Los Angeles and Hollywood is great if you're very ambitious, you know, it's the sort of epicenter of that and of overachievers, you know. And so so I, I fitted in great at the time, whereas my values are slightly different now, you know, I'm much as I enjoyed all of that. Nowadays, I, I get off more on helping people, healing people, etc. is what it is I do. Okay, so before we get into the nuts and bolts, I mean, you mentioned there yourself that you were sceptical about uh, hypnosis when you first came yeah. across it. You'd forgive people for being a bit sceptical about you. Like, I mean, why should anyone think a celebrity yeah. hypnotist can help them to get thin or, or, as is the case in your new book, to banish their anxiety? Well, you just look at the results. 12 million people have bought one of my books. So when we research it, we find that most people get a significant benefit from just a book or from the audio that comes with it. And so I've been doing this for a long time. I, you know, I don't need to do anything else ever again. If I, but I actually love what it is I do. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So, you know, I take my work very seriously and I want it to work for everyone. I want what it is I do to, to be uh, successful because, you know, I go on the Amazon and I read the reviews and sure, for some people it doesn't work, but for most people, you'll see I get four, four and a half star reviews out of five and, and people will say, you know, I, I've had this anxiety all my life and I've used this book and the trance and I, I don't feel anxious anymore. I feel resilient. I feel confident. It's amazing. So when I get reviews like that, and I, you, you'll see they're all online, it lets me know that it's working and it's helping people. So, you know, in a way, I don't mind if people are sceptical, but be kind of benevolently sceptical. We, we should, you know, we shouldn't just blindly believe things. We should actually be open to questioning things and seeing if they work or not. I think your your fundamental message across your work, Paul, seems to be that we all have the power to change, really, that we're not powerless, yeah. that we can control our minds. Would that be fair? 100%, yeah, that's absolutely it. For example, I can't magic away the economic crisis, the war, the, all the stuff that's going on at the moment. But what I can do is I can help you to feel resilient, to turn off the fear and the anxiety, turn on the peace. I can absolutely help people to change their minds about things so that they suddenly start to, to feel optimistic. They feel like a winner, you know, because it's so easy these days when you turn on the news or open a newspaper, the message is really, you're under attack. It's the virus. It's the war. It's the economy. And it's very easy to kind of, you know, to, to take that all on board and get a bit disheartened about life or lose confidence. And so my job is to help people because, in a sense, we've been through a biological pandemic. We're in a psychological one right now. And so my job is to help people come out of that and to become resilient and fulfill their, their true potential in a way, really. 
Okay, now the first chunk of exercise in the book are kind of fast fixes for in the moment. I was wondering, yeah. could we do a freeze frame now with people? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Okay. So this is this is a technique that's used by all four divisions of the American military, and uh, this is really good when you're when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're really stressed, when you're really anxious, or think about something right now that makes you feel anxious, and put your hand on your heart because okay. as soon as you do. You bring your attention to your heart, which is like the second brain, and you begin to reduce cortisol. Let's just do that now. Breathe in really slowly through your nose. That's it. Deeply in. And then gently breathe out. That's right. And then once again, breathe in gently through your nose and then gently breathe out. And then do it one more time. And on the out breath, like you to remember a time that you felt good. Maybe you were laughing with friends or you'd fallen in love or you just felt good because it was a beautiful day and return to that memory like you're back there again. Now, see what you saw, hear what you heard and feel how good you felt and feel those good feelings right now. And in about 30 seconds, you see, we went from stress to relaxation. So that's a technique that people can actually use when they're feeling overwhelmed. Put your hand on your heart, three slow deep breaths, and remember a happy time like you're back there again. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I can. Uh, I think I can feel that. Um, yeah. The interesting thing is, you don't even have to believe in these techniques, really, do you? Because, for example. You talk about tapping is another one, and people are going yes. to say, "Ah, come on!" Like, but yeah, so, yeah. but but whether you believe it or not, you say it'll work. Well, it's not just me; it's all the scientific research. I mean, I've got to tell you this: this technique where you tap on various, you know, acupuncture points on your body. When I first, you know, found out about this, I thought, "How can this be going on? <laughs> it's got it's got to be a distraction. That's all it is." Yeah. And in the same way that we have blood flowing in our veins, right? We have in Chinese medicine, you have energy flowing down pathways in the body uh, that are invisible. And they call it qi, life force, right? So and when you have a malady of some sort or when you get upset, what happens is the energy isn't flowing as well as it should. So by tapping on these various meridian points on the body, uh, what happens is any upset is really caused by electricity and chemistry in the body is it gets the electricity to flow differently and changes the chemistry and that's the principle on which it works and there's actual science and research to back oh, this up oh god yeah there's a mountain of science on the on tft thought field therapy because it's been around about 30 years you you mentioned that there are these audios then that you can download to go with the book right yeah. so i did yes. i did the hypnotic trance earlier yeah. And uh, like you, the first time you were um, hypnotized, I was surprised when I came out of it to, to yeah. see, I looked how long it had been and it's about 36 minutes or something. It didn't feel yeah, like that. that's right. Can you explain to me what was happening in that trance I did? So it seemed as if you were claiming to kind of speak into my subconscious, access it and kind of rewire my reactions yes. to things. That's exactly what I was doing. So what I did is... Um, I got you to be very relaxed, you know, by speaking in a gentle, kind way. And then I talked to the unconscious mind, because when you're relaxed, you know, the conscious mind is the mind you think with all day long. It's that little voice in your head. The unconscious mind 
is the larger mind. It regulates all of the autonomic processes in your body, the blood flow, the amount of adrenaline, all the different chemistry and electricity. And what I did was I went to your unconscious mind and I, I asked it to be able to interpret things that you find stressful that might make you anxious in a way that makes you more calmer and resilient, more in, in a state of relaxed alertness. So you don't lose any of your edge. You keep your edge, but at the same time, you're able to deal with it without being overwhelmed. And so, you know, that's the that's the process in, very, in a very simple explanation. But essentially, the hypnotist is getting you to imagine a you that's more confident, more relaxed, more in control and more resilient. And then you become that. So it becomes your new identity, if you like. So, so it's a confidence trick, literally. Well, it's, it's not a trick. It's a very sophisticated procedure, actually. It's taken yeah. decades to get good at it. But it is a, it's definitely teaching you to be confident. It's teaching you to be, really to be more resourceful in, in a situation where you would normally find challenging. So if you get anxiety when it's time to speak in public, instead of generating that state where you're anxious, what I do is in hypnosis, I get you relaxed and imagine speaking in public. And you go, oh, okay, your unconscious says, you want me to feel like this when I'm speaking in public. Sure, I'll do it. Okay, because I suppose a bit of stress and a bit of anxiety is is, is kind of normal, isn't it? But it's, yes, that's yes, and useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, and look, I, I know that you would welcome questioning and a bit of scepticism and everything. Of course. I suppose when you say that people can change quickly and dramatically, people yes. are going to say, look, this guy's just offering easy answers to things that aren't easy. For example, you, you're coming yep. to Dublin, uh, you'll be in the Pavilion yep. Theatre on the 7th of March, right? And the tour yes, is I called am. Instant Confidence, right? Yes, and you make an right. extraordinary claim that, so, so you're telling me I'll walk out of there after 90 minutes having yes. turned off fear with massive amounts of confidence and motivation to go for what I truly want in life. Yes, I, I'm saying that. Now, what, the reason I call it instant confidence is because by the end of that 90 minutes, you'll know how to generate confidence instantly. And, you know, I'll do, by the way, it's really? just... Um, yeah, would you, give me, would you give me the trick now? Is it something you could... Well, it's, you know, it's, no, I mean, it'll take me like 90 minutes to do it with you, but I'll, I'll give you an example, right? So, for example, I will say, um, who here is frightened of public speaking? They hate it, you know? And lots of hands go up, and I say, come on, somebody join me on the stage. Now, you know, somewhat reluctantly, they will. They'll go, all right, I will, but I'm terrified. I do a technique with them, very simple, takes a few minutes, and suddenly the fear's gone, and they're able to talk to everyone in the audience, hundreds of people, without any fear. And then what I do is I turn to the audience, and I say, look, you've seen what's taking place. No one has to do it if they don't want to. Let's all do it, shall we? Hundreds of us at the same time, let's do it. And then I ask for a show of hands, right? Who here now thinks of something that really um, frightens them or throws them off balance, and they now feel that they can handle it, and all the hands go up. So... The, the, the thing is that, you know, you can see in real time that it's working. And the idea with this is it's, it's, it's a coaching session, Brendan, you know, that, that basically by the end of this, um, everyone will have shifted how they think and feel about stuff in their lives. They'll be looking forward to the future much more. But they'll also have some techniques that they can use whenever they want to. Because, you know, the saying, if you give someone a fish, they eat for a day. Mm. Teach someone to fish, they eat for life. So rather than just getting everyone motivated, I want to give them a technique that they can use, actually several techniques, three or four. They can go, right, next time I'm feeling overwhelmed or next time I have to do a presentation, next time I'm on a date, something like that, I do this. Or if I'm feeling really anxious, I do this and I suddenly feel in control. So, you know, that's the idea of the event that I'm doing in Dublin. 
I must say, one of my favourite cities in the entire world. Oh, you would um, say that, yeah. That's, that's oh, no, neuro-linguistic programming. You're hypnotising <laughs> us there. I love you, Dublin. Look into my eyes, not around the eyes. I love you. Listen, no, it's, you it's, also it's, help people with, with, um, with weight loss. Yeah. Uh, and, yes, you know, I know yeah. there's a certain amount of controversy ar- around that. Uh, but yeah. basically, you think dieting is a con. Oh, yeah. The diet um, clubs where you go along and, you know, you're in a cult-like atmosphere and, you know, you're told, you know, don't eat this. And Because, see, the, the weight loss clubs are not really in the weight loss business. They're in the food business. They sell you low-fat chemical rubbish that's laced with sugar and, you know, just awful stuff. And you go away and you eat that. So you, you spend a lot of money on that. And, of course, if you can't stick to it, and more than 90% of people can't, um, then it's because yeah. you don't have any willpower. You're the villain, you know. And so what happens is you, you, you know, I never meet anyone who put on five stone overnight. What's happened is they've gone on one diet, they lost weight initially because you, they starved themselves, but then they put on more weight when they come off the diet, as the majority of people do. So they go on another one, and they repeat the process over several years until they're overweight. But then I'm looking at your your pillars uh, for weight loss. Eat when hungry, eat what you want, eat consciously and stop eating when you're full. And I'm thinking, should geez, if I could do that, I'd be fine, like. Yeah, so look, the thing is that when I say when you're genuinely hungry, not emotionally hungry, yeah, you know, okay, emotional yeah, hunger yeah, is yeah, when, yeah. Okay, hands yeah, up. when you're bored yeah. or something. That's a different thing. And, and, you know, I show you how to, to, you know, to get over the emotional hunger. But is, is, it, is, is eating mostly emotional with most people who overeat? Is that the problem? Yeah, It's a large part. Oh, yeah, it's a large part of it. But you see, the, the other thing is, is all the people that I know that are naturally thin eat all of the forbidden foods. They eat chocolate chips, pizza, cheese, but they don't eat them to excess because they're in charge. The big thing, though, Brendan, the big thing that I say to everyone is when you're eating anything eat consciously slowly savor each mouthful people are overweight think about food all day long except when they're actually eating it and then they shovel it in as fast as they can because they're getting a high from it they eat too much boom then they feel terrible because they feel bloated and then they beat themselves up and of course they go and do it again a few hours later okay and look people text in and say you know weight is a lot more complicated than that other different people have different issues but you're talking to a particular uh, type of eater there and I'm sure a lot of us can identify with that listen you have a little trick for beating chocolate cravings that you allude to in this book but I think it's from one of your eating books yes so this is a craving buster so look say for example somebody's got a compulsion around chocolate right this is how it works I go think of the desire so you've got compulsion and on a scale of one to ten how much do you want that chocolate and they'll go ten right and they'll say think of something that revolts you what's a food that revolts you and they'll go anchovies or broccoli or something like that so you've got a compulsion on one hand on the other you've got a repulsion and i say put them together in your mind now to, to bite into the chocolate and taste anchovies and then you know if i'm not getting them revolted enough i'll go and there's hair from a barbershop floor in that chocolate as well and so they're they're tasting the chocolate but they're feeling some revulsion at the same time what happens is one feeling cancels out the other feeling simple reprogramming i mean I, i've done this for, for years now i've done it quite a lot on television you know people say to me god i did that thing it took two minutes and I haven't eaten chocolate in five years. So, so you're I, saying do that once, like, and people are suddenly fixed? 
Yeah, a proportion of people, yeah. yeah. Some people wow. need to go back and reinforce it. Yeah. But it's, it's very dramatic. It works very quickly. And as I say, you know, people have told me it's worked for years after they've used it. Listen, people are listening now thinking, this guy has it all sourced. He's worked out everything. Are you completely <laughs> sorted and happy and free no, of worry no. yourself, no? No, no, no. You know, I mean, look, I, I don't have all the answers. I have some, you know, and those things that I have answers about, I write about and I go and teach, you know, at this event I'm doing in Dublin. But, um, you know, I, I, what I do is I'm, I'm a work in progress like anyone, you know. And I sometimes get things wrong or I develop a bad habit and I go and correct it. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm just trying to do the best I can. So I don't have all the answers. I'm not a guru. You know, I'm, um, I'm just, you know, somebody trying to help as many people as, uh, as I can. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, I, I was reading though, you do do your own techniques on yourself. Tell me about how you, I won't say met your wife, but kind of discovered your wife. <laughs> well, okay. This is, I know, sounds very funny, this story. So um, a friend of mine, he's one of the top life coaches in America. And he said to me one day, he goes, you know, I noticed you, you date a lot of, you know, hot women, beautiful women. I said, yes. He goes, but you don't like them. I went, well, what's the problem there? They're hot. He went, no, stupid, stupid. You know, he said, why don't why, why you do this? Ask yourself, who do I find really hot? Right? Who do I find very attractive? And who do I like to spend time with? Who do, you know, who's one of my favorite people to be with? And I went, what I did was, I put those ideas into my subconscious and I put myself into hypnotic trance. My, my subconscious mind has a sense of humor. Right? It drew an Excel spreadsheet and it went, Kate. And at the time, me and Kate worked together. We'd been working together for about 20 years. And I went, oh, oh, my word. Oh, God, I didn't realize I felt this way about her. I mean, I'm, I feel a bit uncomfortable because we work together. I don't want to be some pervy boss, you know. Anyway, a few, about a week or so later, we're sitting in my kitchen. We've had a bottle of wine. And I said, tell me something about you that I don't know. And she said, I love you. I went, oh, my God. I said, I feel the same way. And, I mean, it was a bit of a shock. It was a bit wonderful and at the same time a bit scary. But um, we've been together for 10 years now, you know, and that was, it was, it was the day my life changed for the better. Fantastic. Um, listen, before you go, there's obviously yeah. a certain amount of controversy around hypnosis and then it's mm. kind of offshoot of uh, neuro-linguistic programming because we've yep. seen examples of people using them to bad ends, like that pick-up artist kind of movement, famously yeah, yeah, sure. using yeah. NLP. Are yeah. people very, very, are we much more suggestible than we think? Are we vulnerable to people who have these kind of skills? Well, I think it's fair to say that basically... Um, uh, anyone who's a powerful communicator um, who uses hypnosis or NLP, and, you know, for that, Bill Clinton's a big fan of NLP, so is Tony Blair, you know, et cetera, so is Barack Obama, they all use it, right? So, but, you see, these things are only, uh, like, for example, the Catholic Church says hypnosis is, is licit if used for licit purposes. So basically, you know, if you're out to help somebody, um, that's a licit purpose. But, you know, for example, uh, politicians and salespeople and, as you say, pickup artists might use some of the same communication skills as a hypnotist. 
to get somebody to do something they don't want to do. And but you don't need to learn to be a hypnotist to do that. You know, some people are just very persuasive. Yeah, yeah. So I think the best thing is the more people know about how this sort of stuff works, um, you know, the more they're able to detect when someone's taking advantage of them. You know, but um, so I, I agree. There is some controversy around um, hypnosis and NLP, much less than they used to be. I mean, when I started back in the 80s, this was voodoo. I mean, nowadays it's um, hypnosis is, you know, very widely recognized in medical science, widely used around the world, as is NLP. NLP is used by most therapists around the world these days, you know, in some form or another. Okay, so you're going to answer to this question, uh, well, by my book, but don't give us that answer. What is the one? What is the one thing, or the key, one key, that, that we can harness this stuff for for ourselves and to change our, our lives? Do you know the the simple thing that I would suggest that everybody can do, and it literally takes a few minutes every day, that will make a massive difference, is to do a gratitude list. You know, okay. take a few moments, like sit down or take a walk in nature, and think about all the things that that you're grateful for. And I would start with health. Because right? if you don't have your health, you know, you really don't have a very good quality of life. So health, mental and physical, you know, think about what else are you grateful for? Friends, the relationships you have, you know, the friends are where you live in the world, the warm bed you have at night and a roof over your head. You know, simple things. I, I feel very grateful for that first cup of tea in the morning. But then I'm also grateful for things I'm looking forward to, like going on vacation, coming to Dublin. I think about all those things that make me feel grateful and Obviously, that alters the way you think. You suddenly start to feel really good. And if you feel down at all, just go back and read through your list. So that's the simplest thing that I can suggest that will give you the biggest benefit. Yeah. And, and look, I think we all know it. I, I had Martin Seligman himself, the father of positive psychology, on telling us that yes. uh, last year. Yes. We all know it, yeah. but we do it for a night or two and then don't do it anymore. So just do, <laughs> exactly. do it consistently. Okay, so yeah, do the Dub Dub Dublin Pavilion Theatre, 7th of March, the Instant Confidence Tour. And the book is called uh, Freedom from Anxiety. Yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, lovely talking to you, Brendan. Thank you very much. Paul, it was I'm... really interesting talking to you. I really enjoyed oh, that. Stuff. Thank you. Email brendan at rte.ie.